Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Um, this is an episode brought to you from the car. Uh, so once again, excuse the car noises. Um, I have just finished day one of three day preparation training. Um, quite excitedly, I, uh, I met a fan. Um, so shout out to Sam. How you doing? Um, and that was really cool. It's always, it's always good fun to, uh, to meet people that have been listening and have been enjoying. Um, today I, in, in the training, we talked about, um, some pockets of funding that are available. Um, we didn't go into massive amount of detail about it, but in recent conversations that I've had with social workers, managers, and things like that, we have talked quite a bit about various funding um, and what this means and how it can help. And what I'd like to do today is talk about the ASF, the Adoption Support Fund, and the kind of idea that I've got behind today's episode is to throw out some questions and some thought processes that have been talked about. And I guess I'm just throwing out some different ideas and I've not yet reached a conclusion. So I'm just giving the thoughts, not, not my, um, not my sort of end conclusion as it was. Um, so the Adoption Support Fund is a fund that was put in place a number of years ago. Um, it is a government-awarded fund um, for adopted children um, to receive therapeutic support and care. This is a fund which is uh, the value of £5,000 per child per year. It's not a cumulative, so if we didn't use it this year for Little Dude, it doesn't turn into £10,000 next year. It's also a situation whereby you have to, essentially, your agency will need to make an application for the use of that fund. Um, It's not just a given, um, and you have to have a justifiable reason for why you would like to use this fund. Um, I quite often joke that it would be rather therapeutic for me to have a week in the Bahamas. This is not funded. Rude. Um, The idea is that our children will be able to access some therapeutic help and it will... the, The government had acknowledged that actually our children, even after they have been placed with us and the placement is going successfully, actually there's there's still stuff going on for them and they should still be able to access therapeutic help and support. Um, It doesn't just stop because you've now become a family. The concept is great. Um, And I think the concept is really wonderful to know that there is something available and out there for families to just lean on and, and ask for that additional support. So that as a concept, 
I'm I'm all on board for, and I think it's great. The challenge, I guess, is that it's it's not a guarantee. Um, so this fund is it's just been agreed, I believe, for the next twelve months, um, and it's it's in place. Um, but at the end of that twelve month cycle, the government could say actually there isn't um, funding available or we haven't seen enough added value from this. We are now taking this fund away. And, you know, I've I've seen that happen um, for other funding um, and the other funding stream. So it could happen at any point. The challenge then becomes... And this is where the conversation was going. So the conversation I had with uh, with a group of social workers was: Have adopters and agencies alike become reliant on the adoption support fund? Have have we all started to expect it to be there, and therefore kind of uh, lean on it? heavily the next challenge um, that these conversations were having and again the people that I was talking to they, they weren't again they hadn't reached their conclusions they were just in a trail of, of thought and it's got me thinking have is, is the ASF is there a risk that it is de-skilling parents is there a risk that by having access to this fund parents are accessing it accessing support therapeutic support and therapeutic interventions but in that time not necessarily getting the skills to handle those problems themselves and manage those problems themselves so are they downskilled to the point where they will always need to ask for their help and support? Will they always need a therapeutic professional to have an intervention for our children? Like I say, that is a, a question that is being asked. It is not a conclusion. But as it was asked, it did get me thinking. It got me thinking about those early days with... Um, little dude, um, some of the therapeutic support that we thought that he would need, um, some of the assumptions that we made on some of the areas where he would need additional support, and how that then played out. In the early days of our placement, the ASF was not available. We had some um, sort of there, there were support groups and there were things like that available. But there was not this fund in place. As a result, we accessed support groups. We built our support networks. We contacted professionals. We also spoke to parents, lots and lots of parents, not necessarily adoptive parents, just parents. And we asked a lot of the questions of, in this situation, what are you doing? 
we then started really heavily leaning on our support network and our friends that had children and asking those questions of, we have seen this behavior in little dude. Is that something that you have ever experienced? The feedback that we got at those times was fascinating because a lot of the time, the behavior that we were seeing was not too dissimilar from the behaviors that our friends had seen. Now, we may have been experiencing it at different times. So we may have seen that Little Do's behaviors were kind of happening when he was seven. And for our friends, it would have happened when their child was four. So again, this comes down to the regression um, and regressive behaviors and such. But they were still behaviors that people had seen. What this did is it made Dad and I kind of stop and take stock and realize that is, well, is this an adoption-related issue or is it just a child-related issue? Is it a parenting issue? And more often than not, we came away from those conversations believing that this was a parenting issue or a behavioral issue not an adoption related issue and I guess it makes me wonder if the ASF was in place at that time would we have accessed that support and would we have kind of um, found ourselves in circles which were really heavily adoption related and, and maybe just adoption related and as a result would we have been then engaged with a number of other adopters who would have agreed that they had seen similar behaviors and therefore it is normalized behavior but it is normalized behavior for an adopted child and i think i've seen a lot of this sort of um behavior or a lot of this as an experience of late where adopters are accessing support groups and they are accessing groups and the ASF funds support groups um, in many ways because they are seen as a therapeutic help. So adopters are attending more groups. Fantastic, exactly what we want. But there are attending groups for adopters. So again, it plays into that fear of is every behavior that you then hear about do you then lose traction of <laughs> this is normal behavior this is all right to see um and i think as i talk about it and as i think more about it i think there is a danger there i i, I do i think that there's a danger that we are in danger of only seeing one side of that coin. Um, I talked um, a number of episodes ago about support networks and support groups, and I talked about actually some of the best groups that we've ever been a part of were not adoption related. And I think Dad and I accessing those groups, it, it threw us into the situation where we were learning from other parents as well. 
and we were learning how other parents handle those situations, it throws in that um, challenge. And I'm very well aware that a lot of what I'm saying could end up being quite triggering for, for some parents because you might be going through some experiences that you think, actually, I really need therapeutic support. And like I say, I'm, I'm not... I'm not concluded with my thinking. I'm just, I'm pondering. And I, I thought if I'm pondering, why don't I ponder with you and see what you think? Um, but we found, we found that we were being made to think about how to handle situations and how to manage situations. And we then learn the skills to then carry on. But I think what what that then helped us to do was remove the adopted label. We are, as you know, we are so proud of our journey, so proud of being adopters, so proud that our family has become a family because of adoption. But we don't want little dude labelled as the adoptive child. We don't want to be labelled as the adoptive parents. And I guess I guess it's finding that balance and making sure that we respect that there will be some behaviours that are there because of adoption, because of trauma. Yes, that exists. That is a thing and that is something that we'll need that additional support with. But it's not the reason for everything that we see. It's not the reason for all of the behaviours that you might um, sort of observe in our children. So we need to be able to create that balance. We need to be able to create that sort of um, world where we don't, straight away jump to the conclusion that it's adoption related. Interestingly, on the flip side of that, however, I remember when we first sort of, um, when Little Dude first moved in with us and we had our concerns about the needs that he had and would have, um, the ASF was not available. And I remember speaking quite passionately to social workers and saying hey he should have a pocket of money available to allow him to access therapeutic support at any point in his life I said you know he has he has endured trauma that is not his fault we have adopted him so it's not our fault but he may still have a lot of therapeutic needs and this should be available to him. And he shouldn't have to pay for that. And we were told at the time, well, you know, if you want to access anything, you need to go private if you wanted to access quick support. And again, we said, you, but that, that then requires us to find the money to be able to do that. That requires us. And again, that then limits adoption 
or rather successful adoption to wealthy families. And that isn't right. So we were talking about ASF before ASF were even a thing. There does need to be a balance. Um, I think that... And, and there are going to be children who have therapeutic needs and need to access therapy and therapeutic support. And they, should, they shouldn't be denied it. But I have spoken to quite a few adopters or seen feedback from adopters where they talk and, and they say that they, they write almost as if they have an expectation that this will always be there and that they are furious. And I, I've, seen, I've seen angry feedback where people have said, you know, I tried to access this support and it wasn't, it wasn't there. We've had it for the last three years and now the fourth year we're being told it's not there. I don't know anything more than that. So I don't know what was in place and I don't know what was stopped. But to me, I, I, th- I think initially as I read that, my initial feedback was, Ooh, you know, you've had it for the last three years and now you didn't get it for the fourth year. You've now become dependent upon it. Is that healthy? And I, I don't think it's a, a healthy place to be dependent and reliant on government funding because governments change, budgets change, life changes, any, anything like that could change. So if we become dependent upon it, we, we run the risk of then having our own trauma if it's taken away. Um, so the musings that I have about the ASF is, yes, there is a place for it. Yes, I definitely think that there is a, a place for it and a need for it. Is it, is it definitely the right solution? And is it the long-term solution? That, that's, that's my ongoing question at the moment. Um, and I, I, I kind of fall sort of, I go back and forth on that one. And I think context is the, context is the key there. Um, it, it really does depend on where a family is at, where a child is at and what their needs are. Um, but I, I think a, a, a real prominent, two prominent things for me are, if you have become reliant on the ASF, there's a risk, a huge, huge risk. And are you only using the ASF to access support groups where adoption is the key denominator? Are you accessing support that doesn't have anything to do with adoption. Do you see the value in it? Um, so that's that's my that's my thinking at present. That's that's where I'm 
That's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> Thoroughly and comfortably sitting on the fence. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that through talking about that, it's given you food for thought. Um, and perhaps it's something that you're interested in learning more about. Perhaps it's something that you have an opinion on. Like I say, I'm hoping that what I'm saying is not triggering. I'm hoping that it's given you sort of an understanding that I've not, I've not concluded anything and I'm not making any recommendations on it. But I am, I am hearing different views and views that I haven't thought about. But now that I have started thinking about, I'm very intrigued. So, news with me, think with me. Let me know where you're at with this. Um, do you think the ASF works? Do you think it's needed? Do you think that there's a threat of people becoming dependent on it? Let me know. Um, get in touch with me. Um, adoptionadventures123 at gmail.com or on social media, uh, adoption.adventures on Facebook and Instagram or adoptionadvent1 on Twitter. Um, I look forward to hearing from you. I look forward to hearing your musings of my musings whilst we muse together. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Um, it has started to rain, so I'm really hoping the acoustics of this recording have worked. Um, I apologise if they have not. You know me, always trying to deliver the best. <laughs> um, thank you again, and uh, have a wonderful week, and I shall speak to you next week.